Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and my guest today is Jamie Anderson, the Managing Director and CEO of Anderson Entertainment, which is responsible for managing the uh, entertainment properties a lot of us grew up with, uh, a lot more of us found in reruns in later years, shows like Space 1999, Thunderbirds, UFO, and uh, the one that I rushed home from school to watch, uh, Captain Scarlet. <laughs> and so, so many more. Jamie, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. And a Captain Scarlet fan is, is always a friend of mine. <laughs> I still remember some of the theme song. That's how my, I mean, I literally rushed home <laughs> from, I think, junior high school. And what was on uh, the one local channel was Marine Boy, Voltron, mm -hmm. Star Blazers, and then Captain Scarlet. <laughs> so nice. I would watch all of those before even looking at my homework for the <laughs> All of them. I'm surprised there's any time left for homework. Uh, uh, about Captain Scarlet is so so violent compared to the, those <laughs> other shows. Um, you know, did that affect your young mind? It didn't. Uh, mostly <laughs> because I wasn't aware of how uh, how uh, intense it was. I mean, I saw Jaws in the movie theater when I was ten. I think I was uh, inured from an early. <laughs> Okay, but it didn't. It didn't dawn on me. I'm like, wow, this is this is worse than uh, Tom and Jerry and Echo and Jekyll le levels of uh, mayhem here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll see as many deceased or injured puppets anywhere else uh, on the planet. Uh, oh my goodness, that I was so <laughs> upset. There was uh, when I was in high school. There was an episode of GI Joe where one of the Joes got injured. I'm like, oh my God, they finally killed somebody else. And he passed out right in somebody's <sighs> arms. And the comment was, oh no, he slipped into a coma. I flew into a rage and never watched G.I. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> the cartoon anymore. I was, I'm like, you did what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was hilarious. I guess they couldn't really kill him off because, you know, they had to think about the toys, right? Yeah. Whereas that was fine with Captain Scarlet because he always came back, even if he did die. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen episode one of Captain Scarlet. But. Hey, if you know you're my age, having him come back prepared you for nobody ever dying in the Marvel comics. So. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Useful education for, yes. for pop culture. Yes. Get used to it. You go, oh, he'll be back next year because he's a revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's the non-canon non explanation. Yeah. So talk about Anderson Entertainment. What's what your your goals and you know your plans for for world entertainment domination are with this <laughs> okay i'm glad you put the entertainment in there uh world <laughs> entertainment domination i mean so anderson shows have been around since the 1950s really mm -hmm. um i don't expect many of your listeners to know things that maybe didn't travel so well like the adventures of twizzle um, which there's only one episode remaining from 1957 and it was a creepy thing about a little puppet toy whose arms and legs lengthened you know like stretch armstrong 
Oh, yeah. The Stretch Armstrong <laughs> of the 1950s. But it's all incredibly inappropriate and not um, culturally appropriate anymore. So nobody watches that. <laughs> but it, I guess for, for listeners in, in North America or elsewhere, he started with a wave of science fiction properties from the early 1960s. So Supercar and Fireball XL5, I guess, are the best known uh, in the US and Canada. Um, uh, and they all featured puppets, um, marionettes, I should say. And he was incredibly embarrassed by that method uh, of working, but he kind of got stuck with it. And so he came up with a cool name for it, which was Super Marionation, which is a combination of super marionettes and animation. Um, and that became his kind of hallmark through the 1960s. But he was always desperate to work with live actors. And then he worked on UFO in Space 1999 in the 70s. Uh, went back to puppets with Terror Hawks in the 80s and then back into live action and stop motion and eventually CGI through the 90s and 2000s. So, he, you know, there's six decades of Anderson Anderson stuff that is known by multiple generations. Shows like Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet, they were out in the mid '60s, and yet people who are were not born in the in the '60s uh, or before the '60s know those shows because they've been repeated all over the world, and they all have a kind of timeless quality, which has kept them in uh, in the, the 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 public eye of all geeks, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a kind of there's a positive selflessness and the use of technology uh in those shows which are mostly at least peri-utopian but mostly utopian so it's a very different vibe to the majority of science fiction today uh and dad died in 2012 so we're coming up for the 10th anniversary of his death and in the wake of his passing so many people got in touch with me and said you know his, his work changed my life and that might be because it inspired them to go and work at NASA or the European Space Agency, which many of the fans have ended up doing. You know, the, whether it's private or publicly funded, the space program would not be what it is without Anderson shows. Um, but it also inspired people to go into the industry or just got people through difficult childhoods or sometimes pleasant childhoods with lots of happy memories. So it meant a huge amount to lots of people. And so our mission really is to continue all things Anderson to make sure that the legacy is recognized and people are able to access all that old material as much as possible uh, to uh, to look ahead as well and take the ideas that he wasn't able to complete in his lifetime and get those out to the world. And then further into the future, produce new material that has the kind of Anderson spirit to it, mm. uh, that positive selflessness, that science fiction aspect, that aspirational and inspirational vibe which is built into to every show so i hope we're going to become the sort of the the uk version of a, a disney or a marvel um but stay independent and uh, uh, not get too big and crazy but just inject that that type of entertainment into the world because i think we need it yeah keep that that spirit and that soul from exactly the original days when when these were being created i remember not figuring out or not finding out that Space 1999 was made by the same team mm. that made Captain Scarlet until like several years after Space 1999 was over. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what did, how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that show, I don't think I saw it in its entirety 
until many, many years later. And then mm. I think there was a, a U.S. release on Blu-ray a couple of years ago. Yep. And I think the first run of that sold out before I even knew it existed. I'm like, wait, how did, what happened here? How <laughs> everybody else know about this? And normally, was that the special edition that came with a snow globe? It might have been. It <laughs> might have the, been. The weirdest value-add item I've ever seen on an Anderson release. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, they have all these little things. And I'm like, wait, what, who, okay, fine. I missed it. I'm good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all of these, all of these shows string together through what 50 years of science fiction fans and yep. television geeks and you're also branching out with new stories in new formats for some of these properties can you talk about that for a little bit sure so um a lot of what we're doing is making stuff accessible, like I said. So we've been re reproducing volumes of the comics from the 1960s. So from like 1965 onwards, there was a comic called TV Century 21, which was a, a newspaper sent from the future that had all these futuristic stories in it from the TV shows. And they were doing the kind of Marvel Universe building even back then. So part of the work we're doing is getting those collections out so we recently released a Fireball XL5 comic anthology, which had all of the, the strips from the 1960s, plus a new linking adventure that links some of the strips together for uh, bringing together Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, Stingray, one of the other shows, and Fireball XL5 into one combined adventure. Um, there are the, the, the kind of the lost worlds of Jerry Anderson, as we call them. So several projects. He was very prolific, right? So you you come up with ideas all the time and despite the fact that he made 18 series and produced or directed over over 800 episodes of television in his lifetime there's loads of ideas in the filing cabinet that never made it so we've recently released um his unmade answer to star wars which is called five star five as a novel um and another another book that's just coming up is uh, intergalactic rescue four which was his mid-1970s uh, kind of space adventure show, which was a bit like a mixture between Thunderbirds and Lost in Space. Um, so that's been novelized as 10, 10 missions. There were 10 story outlines they had from the 1970s, one of which had lost its back two pages, so we don't know how it was going to end. Uh, oh, my, no. uh, my friend and colleague, Richard James, who also hosts our own podcast, the Jerry Anderson Podcast, um, has become our novelizer. He's a great writer and he does does a super job at bringing those things to life very authentically. And there's there's more of those coming up. Um, new stories like First Action Bureau. So First Action Bureau is a, an audio drama that we put together uh, in lockdown, actually. Um, had a stellar cast, um, lots of British names in there. Patterson Joseph, Sasha Dewan, who's the master in uh, the latest round of Doctor Who. Uh, Nicola Walker, a uh, fantastic cast. Um, and First Action Bureau is a little nod in name to the call sign from Thunderbirds, which was FAB. Um, but First Action Bureau is, is older skewing. It's spy-fi. It's kind of uh, Killing Eve meets Minority Report, <laughs> uh, which, I, which I really love. And we're going to be doing more with that in the coming year. Uh, and then 
it's not just kind of the fiction side. We're, we're, we're leaning heavily into in-universe stuff, right? So part of the joy, I think, of science fiction is kind of imagining yourself in that world and what it would be like. And the more you get to know it, the more you feel drawn into the show itself. So um, in 2021, we released the Space 1999 Moonbase Alpha Technical Operations Manual, uh, which is a beautiful orange-covered book, um, very 1970s in style. <laughs> and it's basically a complete guide to living and working on Moonbase Alpha. So if you imagine before that fateful day, in the space 1999 story when the moon was rather sadly blown out of earth's orbit um imagine you'd been sent to moonbase alpha to work there it's this is the guidebook that you will be given uh, upon your arrival to say where the canteen is uh, where the toilets are uh you know how to fly an eagle safety procedures what spacesuits you should wear and where to get them uh, all that kind of stuff and they've proved to be incredibly popular people love diving into that world um so we've, we've done that and we've just about we've just releasing right this second actually the the ufo version of that so the live action show that came before space 1999 um and there's loads more stuff planned as well i mean we're, we're doing new thunderbirds audio dramas uh, adapted from the comics from the 1960s uh, there's there's so much going on i can't quite get my head around it and i'm supposed to be the one in charge <laughs> <laughs> so where's the best place to get some of these goodies or keep track of what's coming out next because i actually do follow uh on twitter and every time something cool comes up, i'm like oh i remember that tweet <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you for your uh, twitter patronage uh so i mean we we're, we're everywhere one of my my mantras really is to is to meet fans where they want to be um so the, the central place is jerryanderson.com. That's Jerry with a G. Um, <clears throat> but we have a podcast, a weekly podcast that we've been doing for over four years. We're like 230 weekly episodes in. Um, we interview all sorts of fascinating people on there. Uh, all the kind of news and bits and pieces come from there too. Um, the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel. So we have regular documentaries and all sorts of behind the scenes, bits and pieces and free episodes. Uh, all every social media platform you can possibly imagine, um, we are pretty much there. But I think jerryanson.com and the Jerry Anson podcast are pretty good places to start. So is the website the best place to to buy some of this stuff? Or would you send people to Amazon in whatever country they're in? Or? I would never send people to Amazon <laughs> over us. Uh, no, so, so the, the Jerry Anson store... Uh, we have a warehouse in the UK that ships uh, internationally and a warehouse in the US. So for, for US customers, jerryanderson.store is the direct way there. And for everyone else, it's, it's shop.jerryanderson.com. And we do all the stuff ourselves, all the fulfillment. Um, and essentially anything that we, we do, it goes back into continuing the, the legacy, producing new content um, and further developing things. So it's all kind of, it's, it's nicely kind of circular cyclical. Um, uh, and every time we have a, a, a project that does really well, like those technical manuals, that just means we're more, we're more likely to then invest in doing more of them. So there are, we've got another four technical manuals planned over the next three years, for example. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about what's to come, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to a little break across the new year. What about uh, 
toys, figurines, models, that sort mm. of thing. So one of our friends and partners, Big Chief Studios, have just released some, oh, we'll put, put on pre-order, I should say, some three and three-quarter inch action figures. And so I think this is the first time ever, as far as I know, you'll be able to get an action figure of Commander Ed Straker from UFO and in the same scale characters from Space 1999 and uh, Joe 90 and Stingray and Thunderbirds. So they're all available from the Joey Anson store too. And we are moving into collectibles next year too. Um, so we we don't actually own the majority of the properties, the IPs. They're, they're owned by ITV and ITV Studios in the UK. Um, so we have to do everything under license from them. And it uh, it's taken a while to develop our license to the fact, point that we can do cool toys and collectibles like that. But there's definitely some interesting stuff to come. In fact, I saw a prototype today come through for something Thunderbirds related, which looks pretty awesome if you've got some desk space. <laughs> oh, nice. Now, you can perhaps clear up something that might be a, uh, a hallucination for me or maybe just <laughs> very, very vivid, wishful thinking. Okay, there, I can try. Was there ever a set of models uh, by either Ravel or Lego for any of the Space 1999 ships? So not definitely not Lego. I don't think there's ever been anything Lego, uh, which seems crazy to me. <laughs> uh, although one of their Lego ideas, you know, the kind of the fan made ideas for a Thunderbird two just got 10,000 votes recently. So it's wow. going forward to maybe become a kit. I think the closest would be like, there was a large scale Mattel Eagle in 75, 76. Um, but I, I'm not aware of anything otherwise, I'm afraid. So hmm. may, maybe it's like a modified memory of that eagle rather than maybe, a hallucination <laughs> maybe maybe it was wishful thinking because i remember in the yeah. late 70s maybe early maybe 1980 mm. there was a huge battlestar galactica model the mm -hmm. huge cylon base star model and i thought there was a similar size eagle it's possible i'm definitely not the font of all knowledge about always <laughs> the past i'm afraid to say but uh, well, I'll try. I'll try and find out for you. Well, hopefully, somebody listening might know. It was like, yes, sure. I have that. Here's a picture of it, which would be <laughs> awesome, because that would just solidify that I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not, Summer. There's too many things to remember anyway. All these toys and various bits of merch from multiple shows over the years. You're totally forgiven for, uh, you know, not being 100 percent sure. Well, talk a little bit about the Jerry Anderson podcast and like what you cover and uh, what you what you hope to continue covering. <laughs> well, I mean, it started off as a silly idea one summer and, and here we are four years later still doing it. Uh, we release it every Monday. It's me and my co-host, Richard. Um, Richard was in a, a Jerry Anderson show called Space Precinct in the 1990s. Um, and I met him back then when I was about 10 years old. Uh, and here we are, both older. He's still got his hair, annoyingly. I've lost mine. Um, but we, we basically uh, just take people on a journey through everything Anderson. We have fab facts every week where we look at kind of strange, weird and wonderful facts from the world of Jerry Anderson. We have an interview every week with a different guest. Those guests range from people like Phil Plate, you know, the bad astronomer. Mm -hmm. um, 
through to actors who uh, are just fans of all things Anderson, um, real life scientists from the European Space Agency and NASA, um, YouTubers, people who worked on the shows. We sometimes have archive interviews from people who have long since left us. Uh, there's always something fascinating in there. And then the, the episodes are rounded off by our other uh, co-host, Chris Dale, who does something called The Randomizer. Uh, and basically every week he watches a random Jerry Anderson episode from those 800 <laughs> and gives you his thoughts and amusing comments. Uh, and that's a really nice way for people to find out about shows they don't necessarily know about. Because I'm always amazed by, we have the curse of knowledge you know, at Anderson Entertainment, everybody knows every Anderson show that there has been. And we kind of all assume that everyone knows them. But like you said, you didn't know for years that Captain Scarlet and Space 1999 had the same producer. So it, it, it stands to reason there are hundreds of thousands, millions of people out there who have no idea that UFO exists even though they've watched every episode of Thunderbirds three times through. Um, so <laughs> we're really trying to make sure that there's that cross-pollination. So all, all along the way, you'll find something in common with the interviewee or find something in interesting there. Uh, we have our uh, our listeners who are called the Podsterons, uh, which is obviously a, a, a rip-off of Mysterons from Captain Scarlet, but the Podsterons mm -hmm. write in every week and uh keep us on our toes but yeah we just just hope it's a nice welcoming place and there's a there's a facebook group for the listeners which we think is one of the nicest places on the internet there's there's no toxic behavior there's no nonsense there it's just a lovely group where they all get on and support each other and that for me is a really nice sign of just how kind of connecting and positive the worlds of anderson are does chris live stream his commentary or like it's like is he is he commenting as the episode's running or does he watch it and take notes and prepare because that would be hilarious that would be something to watch like just for him to just like stream an episode and comment on it as it's playing yeah so chris does do it as live when he records so you can hear the episode playing in the background <laughs> but our favorite thing is just from time to time when we have a special event or a special occasion like a special number of episodes we'll do a live podcast and so for the live podcast chris does the randomizer live in front of our audience while we're all watching it together and unfortunately for him the last two times because of the random nature of the randomizer it's been a show called torchy the battery boy which is from uh, 1958, and it's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. I'm sure it was very cute and lovely if you watched it back in the 50s, but now it's an old man who builds himself a toy boy, so it's quite um, Pinocchio-esque. Uh, and then this little boy with a torch on his head and a battery um, in his back flies a rocket to topsy-turvy land and... It gets in all sorts of scrapes, uh, you know, gets stuck in vats of cheese. It's terrifying. So, yeah, on the live one so far, Chris has had to be faced with the... It's more of a horror <laughs> show than anything else these days. Um, <clears throat> Torture the Battery Boy. And, in fact, I highly recommend, if that uh, has raised an eyebrow for you, that you go and watch our primers. So on the Jerry Anson YouTube channel, uh, Chris takes us through every single show series by series telling you all about it its origins uh, you know where to watch it all that sort of stuff and his his one on 
on those first two shows, Twizzle and Torchy, is particularly amusing in a very British tongue-in-cheek sort of a way. Oh, my goodness. That reminds me. I In college, I tried to explain a show called HR Puff and Stuff to a friend who had never seen it. And I'm like, I think these days you would need to, to drop acid to understand the show <laughs> because it's completely psychedelic, ridiculous. Yes. And it, it's just like, and, and they put this on TV on purpose for kids on Saturday mornings. Mm. I like, yeah. And you wonder why the late sixties was so rampant with the uh, experimentation well yes <laughs> I, and i have to say even after torchy dad was not he didn't fully escape that crazy world so in the wake of thunderbirds he came up with an idea uh obviously thinking what are kids like kids love toys and 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 you know teddy bears and stuff and he came up with an idea called candy and andy which was about two mannequin children who live above a toy shop with their adopted parents who are large bipedal pandas called Mr. and Mrs. Bearander. And they drive around in a, in a mini, a car, uh, a stripy car, uh, a stripy car called Stripey the Magic Mini. And this thing became a photo comic that ran for over two years on a weekly edition. And it is the stuff of nightmares. Um, so he was victim of that too. That sounds very much like... <laughs> Uh, uh, like that show that you mentioned, uh, incredibly creepy. There were some wonderful photos online. So again, please do look up Jerry Anderson, Candy and Andy, and I can't be held responsible for any bedwetting that happens when you do what do, do search for that. Uh, we are never going to escape the 60s and 70s. <laughs> it's probably best that we don't because it's fun to look back on, but it is weird. It is. It is. It's like, what's more terrifying, Candy and Andy or the 80s big hair? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so what else is coming our way that uh, that was like an unproduced uh, gem? So <clears throat> I think an interesting one that is about to drop next week, actually, is a book called Maybe There. And it's the lost stories of space 1999. So it kind Ooh. of was and wasn't produced, right? So um, two two fantastic guys, Robert Wood and David Hirsch, um, who have written several books on space 1999, have gone back to the original draft scripts from space 1999 and have novelized uh, a set of I think seven of them. So that in there, there's there are some unproduced scripts. There are some scripts which completely changed, but most interestingly, the, the first, I think, three drafts of the pilot episode have all been novelized individually. They're all wildly different, and they show basically how the show might have been if they'd gone gone with it at that stage, if that had set the template for how the series was to be. So you see different characters coming and going between those editions, different story points, uh, different styles, different vehicles, all sorts of things that might have been that weren't. Uh, so that's a really, a really unusual look into this unmade parallel universe of Space 1999. Um, and then I guess, I guess you know, like I said, Intergalactic Rescue Four, um, this this Thunderbirds meets Lost, meets Lost in Space story is fascinating. And Five Star Five, which is this 
the, the answer to Star Wars. That film almost went into production, but the finance fell through at the last minute. And so it, it was never to be. But it's kind of like sort of Magnificent Seven in space, that kind of vibe <laughs> to it. It's really fun. Uh, and Rich has done a, a great job there. And we are looking at doing, continuing that as a series, essentially, because I think the original plan was to make it into a trilogy of films. Um, so I'm hoping next year we'll see some more books under the space, uh, under the Five Star Five banner. Um, but there's so many ideas. Some of the just like that. I have a filing cabinet, which is just like a couple of meters away from me, which is stuffed full of, of ideas from from full film scripts down to, you know, one or two line handwritten notes about shows that might have been. Um, and so there's a, there's a huge wealth of stuff there. there. There was a show that they looked at maybe producing at the end of the 60s uh, called Atlantis, which was going to be a puppet show again in the vein of Captain Scarlet and Joe 90 and those other series um, about a, a, a boy with magical powers who lived in the lost city of Atlantis. Um, all sorts of stuff that is ripe for, for further development and release. And basically, as long as people are still interested, then we'll keep doing them. Cool. Cool. Well, we will direct people to the website, jerryanderson.com. That's Jerry with a G. And uh, all of the various uh, social media platforms that people can find you and uh, keep track of what's coming out next. Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Summer. Great speaking to you. All right. Show show that uh, that Space nineteen ninety nine technical cover manual again because that's that's very seventies orange. There it's, we go. It's incredibly seventies <laughs> orange, and my camera's not doing it justice. Uh, but this lovely kind of schematic of the eagle, the you know the most iconic Space nineteen ninety nine vehicle on there is really lovely. So it's it's super seventies. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, thank you for your time. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching. Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. Hi, I'm Aaron Ashmore from Sci-Fi's Killjoys, and you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm sorry. I have to do this.
I also found out that, uh, yeah, I had to do it. You know I did. Um, Shout Factory has Season 1, Episode 1 of Captain Scarlet on their channel. Uh, There's a link to it from the Slice of Sci-Fi website, the page for this episode. If you are curious or just go to uh, Shout Factory and look for it. Enjoy it. The full episode seems to be remastered. <laughs> oh. Wow. Waxing nostalgic. Didn't expect that. But uh, yeah, were you a fan of any of the old uh, Jerry Anderson shows? Let me know. You can leave a message at 602-635-6976 or... Send in an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com, or leave a comment right here on the discussion section for this episode on the website, sliceofsci-fi.com, or hit me up on Twitter, at sliceofsci-fi. No, I don't know if we're moving. No, I don't know if we're staying. I am still considering a Discord server for all of the Slice of Sci-Fi Universe podcasts and websites. Um, let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. Maybe I'll put a poll up on Twitter or on the website. Hmm. If you go to the Jerry Anderson store, you can see the 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 lovely, lovely orange of the Space 1999 Technical Manual. Uh, I There's a picture of the upcoming UFO Technical Manual. And I can't wait to see what other ones come along too. There's some good stuff in there. I actually have terribly, terribly vague memories of Fireball XL5. But I remember Thunderbirds more clearly. Hmm. And now I'm wondering which one of those I would get a Blu-ray for. We shall see. Either way, send in your questions or comments on your memories of the Jerry Anderson shows and uh, what items Jamie talked about that you're looking forward to to seeing come out in the near future. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher or through Podchaser, please consider leaving us a review or a rating. Let people know you are enjoying the show's here, and maybe folks could check them out for their, themselves. This episode will actually be up on our YouTube channel a little later, so you can actually see Jamie showing off the uh, Space 1999 book. 
Uh, other places you can find us are sliceofsci-fi.net. You can pick from our curated list of movies, books, and TV shows and support our efforts here while you're shopping. Other ways you can support are through Patreon, patreon.com slash sliceofsci-fi, Kofi, ko-fi.com slash sliceofsci-fi, and paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. If you choose to join Patreon, become a patron of uh, all the projects here, you will become eligible for perks. We give away lots of goodies here. Uh, Blu-rays, DVDs, 4K sets, uh, books, and folks who are eligible for those are part of our patrons and any tier, any level of support you choose over there makes you eligible for those perks. So every month I pick a winner out of the hat and that person gets to choose which media goodie item they want. So join in and good luck. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.